Recorded live. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. The day the Lord has made. And like David, we will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in our mouth.
Quitting Saints once again. In the name of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in our mouth. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our strength, and our Redeemer. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. We're very thankful to God once again for another privilege, another opportunity to be able to worship the true and living God in spirit and in truth. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank God for each of you. We pray the Lord is continuing to bless you, to strengthen you, and encourage you wherever you are, whatever season you may be finding yourself in, as God has a word for us uh, at every season in our life, at every juncture. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're experiencing, God has a word for us, his prized creation. You may not be saved under the sound of my voice. God has a word for you. You may be saved and struggling with some things. God has a word for you. You may be moving very well, very smooth in your walk with God. God has a word for you. God is reminding me now that heaven is... Robert will pass away, but God's word will stand forever. I encourage you wherever you are to connect yourself as much as you possibly can the word of God. And as you connect yourself with the word of God, you will connect yourself with the blessings of God. 
As you can, some of us want to be blessed more. God said, well, I want you to start listening more. How about that? Some of us want God to do more for us. Well, God is sitting back saying, yeah, and I want you to do more for me. How about that? As we connect ourselves and engross ourselves, entrench ourselves in the word of God, the blessings of God are sure to follow. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we just finished our entitled, I Got a Date with the King. We thank God for so many revelation and insight that he shared with us, letting us to know that one day we're going to have to stand before God and we're going to have to of the deeds that we have done in these earthly bodies. And brings us on down to something the Lord gave us uh, some years ago, I believe it was now, but um, I went back through a uh, uh, list of, of unpreached sermons, and the Lord began to let me to know that it is time for his people to hear. Every child of God must know K-N-O-W, no, N-O. Every child of God must know, K-N-O-W, no, no. Praise the living God. We, uh, every child of God must know, oh, just know. You know, a wise man shared something with me many years as a young Christian. He said, son, uh, uh, a Good has got to know how to say no. Has got to say no. And and you know the Lord was dealing with me earlier today about uh, so many times in scriptures we see her no uh, used in so many different ways. And and you know, but it's a very very powerful word when used properly. Uh, and we're going to take a look uh, at different usage of the word no and in various places in the scripture and how that God has created this word to protect you and I, children. God created the word no that he might protect you and I from the wiles of the devil. God is about to bless somebody today real good in, in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to take a look at Titus chapter 2 and verse 12. Titus chapter 2 and verse From the New International Version, Book of Titus, Chapter 2, with a very special focus on verse 12. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives 
in this present age. Titus chapter 2, verse 12 from the New International Version. It, or the grace of God, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Capital A in our outline, saints, we're going to be looking at recognize who is offering. Recognize who is offering. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today for allowing us to see another day. You've blessed us in dimensions and in ways we cannot comprehend what that you do, have done, and are going to do, we say thank you. Appreciate you, Father, because we could not ask for a better father. You could ask for better children, but we could not ask for a better father. Help us, Father, to come up to your standard, to come up to a level that will be in your sight. Forgive us today, Father, of our trespasses, our debts, and our sins, which we have all grievously committed against you. Father, we ask that you will continue to lead us through our various wildernesses, bring us into the promised land, a land that's good and spacious, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Bring us, Father, into our destinies. You've told us in your word that you have destined us, you have predestined the likeness of your only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Father, we want to get there just as you understand. We're trusting, Father, that as we seek your face, as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, that you are going to do it for us. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, amen and amen. Capital A, one, recognize who is offering. Now, as we look at the book of chapter, Titus was one of Paul's converts. He was a considerable help to Paul in ministry. And when Paul had left Antioch to discuss the gospel with the Jerusalem leaders, he took Titus with him. He was a Christian, but he wasn't circumcised physically. Some of the people had a problem with that, but God didn't. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? Some of the people may have a problem with what you're doing, but as long as God does not. You know, one of the saints says you're all right. So in Titus, the second chapter, we see here that this chapter deals with what must be taught to various groups. Now, now, some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you, you, you don't even realize you're under the influence of the spirit of the world, thinking that uh, in Christianity everybody can just do everything. There's, you know, everybody can just do everything absolutely wrong. That, that's the same logic behind the world's 
feeling like men can marry men and women can marry women. No, we got sense enough, I hope, in the body of Christ to know that a man got a certain responsibility in marriage and a woman got a certain responsibility in marriage, that God ain't put no two men together in marriage. God ain't put no two women together. I hope we understand that. Well, so it is when it comes down to ministry. How is we can see that in marriage? We can't see it in the family. Or we can see that in the family. We can't see it in the church. So Titus chapter 2 deals with what must be taught to various groups. In other words, there are certain responsibilities that men have in ministry. There are certain responsibilities that women have in ministry. There are certain responsibilities that young men have in ministry. There are certain responsibilities that there are certain responsibilities of every group. What salvation does does not bring you into a kingdom where everybody can just do any kind of thing, but what salvation does is it equips you and empowers you to do just what God told your group to do. On the team, everybody does the same thing. I want to see a clown show. We all also in the lunch. So it is like. But then, also, you must, Paul says, teach is in accord with sound doctrine. You must. Now, now you all hear me talk a lot about sound doctrine. Well, what is sound doctrine? If we had to make sound doctrine very plain, it's, it's uh, what God wants. What God wants. You've got the permissive will of God, and you've got the perfect will of God. The permissive will of God is what God allows, may or may not be what God wants. But the perfect will of God is what? What God wants. So when we're talking about sound doctrine, we're talking about what God wants. We're talking about what God wants husbands and wives to do. We're talking about what, what God wants pastors to do. We're talking about what God wants bishops to do and apostles to do. When we're talking about what God, what God wants you to do with your finances, what God wants, we're talking about what God wants. Not just what he allows. God allow a whole lot of things. And not even, not, even, uh, uh, what, not even always what God does, because even God does some things he don't want to do. Uh-oh. Lord, that's right, Robert. You're talking right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Go ahead. God say he do some stuff that he don't even want to do. Some of you all out there, no, no, Apostle, I don't agree with that. That's your business, whether you agree or not. I'm telling you what God say. God say, I don't want that to throw nobody into hell. God says, it's not my will that anyone should perish but that all will come to a knowledge of the truth. God doesn't want to have to throw anybody to hell, but God said, I'm going to have to do it, Rob. I'm going to have to do it. Because some of them won't take me seriously. Some of them won't take my prophet seriously. Some of them won't take my word seriously. Well, well, what else can I do? 
So I'm like, well, Lord, what's, what's my part in this? God said, you teach what is in you teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. You tell the people what I want, whether they listen or whether they fail to listen. Child of God, our responsibility is simple. Tell people what's in accord with sound doctrine. You tell people what's right. Whatever they do, whatever they choose to do, that's their business. I had, um, you know, my, my spirit goes to one particular um, uh, friend of mine in South Africa. I had sent them a uh, link dealing with uh, the homosexual agenda in America. Because I'm trying to tell you, homosexual, homosexual have an agenda. You, you need to understand. The, the homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, whatever you want to call they got an agenda. And it's not an agenda of... Uh, of, of um, you know, everybody just kind of, their agenda is to take over. Now, I've shared that with you all a number of times. I've been sharing that before I'd even seen the link and then stumbled up on the link. I don't know how I stumbled up on the link. Their agenda is to take over. The homosexuals in Sodom and Gomorrah, they won't just trying to live in a happy coexistence with the, uh, uh, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. They did not stop and would not stop until they took over. Now, some of you all out there, you think you're doing, you, you, you think you're doing something real, real special by, by, by tolerating that spirit. Are you kidding me? That spirit took over Sodom and Gomorrah and ended up getting the place destroyed. Took over. I was like, look, now, that spirit was not. To me, understand something now. Better understand. The more tolerant a, a, a society, culture, a nation is of that particular, it's just like like uh, acid, acid on your teeth, acid on your teeth will eat your enamel up, will eat your teeth up. I sent him a link about the homosexual agenda, and this was this was written way back. I don't know how many how many years ago, and it detailed exactly what the agenda was of the homosexual agenda, you know. And I watched it, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Because it was almost prophetic in in what was. I mean, this was written a long, long time ago. I don't know if it was in the early '70s or I can't remember. But you know, it was it, it was detailed exactly what they were going to do, exact and exactly what they were saying. They were going to do is exactly what we are living in this generation have seen them do. It, I'm, it's, it's almost scary. And this was written written a long, long time ago. I mean, and they went deep into all kind of facets of, of, of their plans to take over. So I sent this particular link to a pastor, and I'd asked them earlier today. I said, did you, did you watch that link? They were like, no, no. I said, why not? What's what they was like? They was they said they was careful with what they watched. I said, okay. I didn't, I didn't even go no further. I didn't go no further. But what was running through my mind was just because you just because you try to close your eyes to what the devil is doing, that's not gonna stop him from doing it. God wants us wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. God wants us to know exactly what the adversary is doing and what he's trying to do. God said, I will not have you ignorant of the devil's devices. 
you need to know how the devil works. You, you need to know how the devil will work just about, as, just, just about as, as much as you need to know how God works. Because the same way God works and do things, we need to know that. And if one of the first things God will start telling you is this is how the devil works. Who is it that told us that he come before to steal, kill, and destroy? Who, who is it that told us that he's a liar and the father of all lies? See, you are under the sound of my voice. If you don't believe that Satan exists, then you have just made God out to be a liar. And what you're saying is God is a lie. God is, what you're saying is God is a lie. God is the one that tells us that Satan exists. God is the one that tells us that Satan is doing all kind of stuff. God is the one that tells us that Satan goes to and fro in the earth, sick and whom he is. God is the one that tells us about this character. And he tells us not to be ignorant concerning the devil's devices. Now, you choose to be ignorant concerning the devil's devices. Then, then, then you disobeying God, and the adversary is saying, good job. Now he can bamboozle you just like he want to. He can trick you just like he want to. Oh, man, you need to listen. Let me smash some tape. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice. You, some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, the, the devil love you, and you don't even know. He love you. you what you saying, apostle? He love Christians that won't study. That's right. <laughs> I'm hearing him now in my spirit. You can tell me these jokers, they ain't got sense enough to dig down into God's word. So that they can find out what I'm doing, the adversary is like, yeah, he's cheering you on. Keep on not studying. Keep on, because he says as long as they won't study, they'll never know what I'm up to. God has instructed us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Ain't got nothing to do with your husband. Ain't got nothing to do with your wife. Ain't got nothing to do with my daddy. Ain't got nothing to do with mommy. Ain't got nothing to do with hey, hey, hey. I'm studying because I got to show myself approved unto you, Lord. Now, keep that on. Adversary be sitting back. They won't study. Man, you're going to miss out on all kind of blessings God got for you. You won't know. You don't know. You don't know what kind of stuff God got for you till you study. You don't know what places God want to take you till you study. Things ain't going to say to you until you. I ain't even going to let your prophet, I ain't even going to let your apostle, I ain't even going to let your bishop say to you until you. Oh, now. Adversary. See, see, we don't want to be, we don't want to be the kind of Christians that the adversary is cheering on. See, 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 watch this now. Times in athletics. You can tell how much they're doing to the other team, to the team, by the by the jeers of their crowd. You know, as a player, man. You know, there's, as a player, you go into the opposing arena and everybody hollering "boo." Uh, that's normally because you're the kind of character that that's doing a lot of damage to them. But if you're the kind of character you go into the opposing team gym and they can't wait for you to get in the game, they can't wait, to, then you better, you better check yourself. We don't want the adversary cheering us on. No, we want the adversary, we want, we want him to be uh, concerned about us. So we must teach 
We must teach, not just preach. We must teach. Teaching and pre teaching is as different from preaching as 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 night is from day. Two totally different things. A lot of people think they're the same thing. Just that. and that ignorance will do that for you. A lot of people think the spirit and the soul, same thing. Ignorance will do that for you. Teaching and preaching are two different things. Pro, pro, preaching is basically proclaiming something. Teaching is more along in explaining something. If I tell you, go on out there and shoot that basketball as a coach, I'm preaching. But if I say, look, son, get that elbow pointing at the target, get the bottom of your arm parallel with the ground, follow through with that thing, snap that. Uh-huh. Now, we're teaching. Because that's what coaching is, children of God. It's teaching sports. I remember once one of my former students asked me some years ago, she said, said Coach Brian, what are you doing now? I said, I'm, uh, I said, I'm out of coaching now. You know, and uh, in full time ministry, she said, y- "You still coaching then? You still coaching? You know, just coaching a, a different, a different uh, activity." Now, whereas I was teaching y'all uh, uh, um, football and basketball and track and all kind of things. Now it's the word. It's the word. It's the word. Teach. You must teach. What is in accord with sound doctrine? Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, sound in faith, in love, and endurance. So here, 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 Pastor Love, here's what the Holy Ghost has to say to older men. Likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not slanderers. Why? Because the Holy Spirit know that that women like to do a lot of talking or addicted to much wine. Obviously, some women was was getting them a toot every now and then in Titus's day. But to teach what is good. So here's what the Holy Spirit is saying to older women. So that they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be uh, self-controlled, to be pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. So now we here we got older men, we got older women covered. Older goes and say, all right, here's what we got to say to older men. Here's what we got to say to older women. Similarly, encourage young men to be self-controlled. Now we're going to deal, Holy Spirit said, now let me tell you what we got to men. So what do you say, Apostle? What's right now? You got to find out what group you in, so that you can follow God's instruction for your group. Ah, uh-huh. one of the things he's using as an example: airports. You got when you go to the airport, you got boarding class. You got boarding class A, B, C, and D. Here you know you got boy in class D, and the woman called for boy in class A, you all up there. I've done that, too. I've done that. You know, be all up there. The woman would be like, sir, we haven't called the Ds yet. We haven't called. You know. So now you got to go. See, and see, see, that's what some of us are doing. Some of us running. Some of us trying to run in, in things that we ain't been called to. Running in, in stuff that our group ain't been called to. You got to wait for your group. You got to find out as a child of God. See, God is not saying everything to everybody. There's some things God's saying to men. He ain't even think about saying to women. 
There's some things God saying to women, he ain't even trying to say that to men. There's some things God saying to older men, he's not saying to younger men. Some things he's saying to younger men, he's not saying to older women. You've got to find your group in Scripture and follow the instructions for your group in Scripture, or you're going to end up in trouble with God. In everything, set them example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who may oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything. See, that for you, that it feel like if you was a slave, you want to lead the revolt. Man, I ain't revolt nothing. Y'all be, some of y'all, especially black folk, y'all be mad with me as a slave. If I knew like I know now, y'all be like, oh, look, uh, 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 Robert, what we planning to do is we're going to get all of the <laughs> we gonna get all of the utensils out of the kitchen, and we're going to kill Master. He's going to kill his wife. We're going to kill them children, too. We're going to kill What say you? I'd be like, man, I ain't doing nothing. But do like Master tell me to do and pick this cotton out here. Some of y'all be some kind of upset. But God, well, why? Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything. Are you saying, Apostle, are you saying that slavery is right? No, come on now. But what I'm saying is God's word is right. And until we out of slavery, we in slavery. Let me see where this cotton is. And listen, man, I can't be at this meeting with y'all tonight because I got to be up by time sun up, come up tomorrow to pick this cotton. Some of y'all will be mad with me as a slave. Robert, we inviting you to a secret meeting. What kind of meeting? We going to revolt. Who is we? Not knowing like I know now. Now, if I didn't know better, then I might, but I know, teach slaves to be subject to masters. What we talking about? Every child of God must know, know. So when you know that somebody is trying to tell you something that goes against what God has said for your group, your answer need to be no. I ain't revolting nothing, man. I ain't revolting nothing. Some of y'all didn't know this. Some of y'all ain't read, and some of y'all don't take it seriously. Are you saying, Apostle, again, are you saying that slavery is right? No. But I'm also saying that revolting is wrong. No. Until God decided to bring us out, stay right there. Nation is, we ain't, listen, black folk, we ain't the only ones been slaves. Ain't no race of people that ain't been slaves. Uh-oh, some of y'all didn't know that. To somebody at some point and at some time. One of the things that blacks were slaves, whites were slaves, Asians were slaves. Indians, they tried Indians, just the Indians knew the country too well and kept escaping and, and running off. Hispanics, what are you talking about? Like, like, we, we, like we as black people done cornered the market on suffering. Well, some of us feel like as black people we done cornered the market on suffering, like we done cornered the market on racism, we done covered the market on, on slavery. We, done, we ain't covered the market. We just experienced what every other race done experienced. Stop making excuses. 
Like, like everybody picking on us. Everybody ain't picking on us. God, look, if I be for you, who can be against you? God, I don't want to hear that mess. God said, you do what I'm telling you, and can't nobody stop me from blessing you. God, do you think the white man can stop God from blessing you? If you really do, there's something wrong with you. It, listen, your obedience, my obedience to God will get us blessed, and can't nobody stop that. What about no white man? What about no black man? The Bible says fear of man will prove to be a snare. What are you talking about? Wise man told me as a young Christian, he said, look, son, in America, especially, it's to be or not to be. You can be if you want to be. You should tell me, say, son, anybody can be sorry. Anybody can make excuses about being sorry. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ain't got nothing to do with white man. Ain't got nothing to do with the black man. Ain't got to do with my, my supervisor. Ain't got nothing to do with my enemies. Ain't got nothing to do with my friends. Ain't got nothing to do with my husband. Ain't got nothing to do with my wife. Ain't got nothing to do with my You diligently seek God and see them God bless you. You diligently seek God and see, see, how many, see, what, see how many men can stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Oh, man, I remember when it was time to build this church. Lost a bill. I ain't had no kind of permits, all kind of different kind of things. Neighbor got together, going to gonna get a petition together. Ain't going to be no church here. This is a such and such. Like, look, man, whatever. that mess y'all talking about, God says it's going to be a church right here. Man, the neighbors signing petitions, right? what it ain't going to be. I'm like, man, you talk, it's going to be a church right here. Well, I'm standing in a church right here, preaching in a church right here. Man, can't stop you. When you are doing what God told you to do, man, can't stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Stop, get that out your mind. Get that lie out your mind. We about done checking out. Mm. Teach slave. Be subject to the mass and everything, and to please and to try and please them, not to talk back to them. You be all out there. Some of y'all understand my voice. You know, you know, you know who y'all. I ain't giving no name. Master be told you, you pick this car. I ain't picking no car. No even. See, I ain't saying nothing. Teach slaves. Be subject to their mass and everything. Try to please them, not to talk back to them. You don't talk back. See, some of y'all understand my voice. You ain't even got sense enough not to talk back to police. They're talking back to the police. Wait a minute. Let me get it straight, man. You got a nine millimeter. Got one great, great woman of God. I won't get no names. You know who you are. She's listening right now. Great woman of God. Show me. Show me. I was like, man, who? You got a nine millimeter, and I'm saying what exactly? If it ain't the gospel, I ain't got nothing to say. Now, I done had guns pulled out on me preaching the gospel. Keep right on talking. Trigger get pulled and bullets thrown in. Can't even come out the gun. No seen that now. But if it ain't the gospel, then I ain't, I ain't got no whole lot to say. Teach them not to talk back to them, not to steal from them but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. See, doing what makes salvation real, real attractive to people, 
or make people really want to get real, real far away from it is when it's when we do it. When we when we put the word of God into practice, make that will make salvation real, real attractive, or it make people really want to get get away, away from around it. Now keep that in mind. See what makes the makes what makes salvation real, real attractive to people. It, or make people really want to get real, real far away from it, is when we do it, when we put it into practice. Look at what the scripture says. It says, try, you know, teach your slaves to be subject to their masters and teaching them not to talk back to their masters and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. When we do the word it may, and people see the blessings of God, it makes the teachings about Christ, it makes, it, it makes them attractive. It makes Christianity attractive. Now, or it can make folk want to run away, too, real, real far. But that's, that's the choice that people have to make. Average man going to do one or two things with a real, real beautiful woman. He's either going to try to get as close to her as he possibly can, or he's going to try to get as far away from her as he possibly can. Most things that's, that's, that's real, real attractive, you know, you think about this swimming pool out here behind the church. Do you know it's called it, it, the, 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 um, the insurance term for a swimming pool in this area, is, that's why they make you put a fence up. We had to put that fence up, six-foot fence. Why? Because it's considered an attractive nuisance. It's con that's called an attractive nuisance. Now, what an attractive nuisance is in, in insurance terms, because I, I, I'm a ins licensed insurance agent, it's, it's, um, it's something that will draw a lot of people to it, but it's very dangerous. Very dangerous. It is attractive. Oh, man, look at that swimming pool. You know, it's hot, man. You know, Christian son, man, they got that swimming pool in the back. Why don't we go swim? But it's a nuisance because if you don't know how to swim or, or you mess around and, and do something wrong, you can get yourself hurt or killed. So we got to understand that to the world, Christianity is an attractive nuisance. Sure, we're attractive to the, to the world in the sense that, you know, here we are, you know, uh, 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 if we do this thing right, we're people that's, that's at peace, we're people that's experiencing joy, we're people that's experiencing the blessings of God. But then we're a nuisance to the world, too, because we're a constant reminder that if they don't get saved, they're going to mess around and end up in hell forever. All right. So we want to make Christianity attractive. You know, just like as, you know, you know you're going in for a job interview, you ain't going in there looking the worst you can. You want to make yourself attractive. 
You're going out on a date. You ain't trying to go. You ain't brush your teeth. Ain't shaved. You know, ain't took no bath. Got pajama, stinking pajama pants on. Hey, baby, what's up? I just come back. Ain't nobody trying to holler back. Holler and get you. Holler. Help the police away from me. Want to make yourself the gospel attractive. Watch this. For the grace of God that brings salvation, watch this, has appeared to all men. It's appeared. You are there listening to the sound of my voice. If you are there listening to the sound of my voice, you don't make it to heaven. Ain't nobody trying to use it as an excuse to God you didn't hear the gospel. That's a lie. That's one of the reasons why God is holding back on the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ till the gospel has been preached in what? All, all earth. Now, that don't mean that everybody going to hear it. That means that the gospel is going to be preached. And see, now, with this Internet, it's accessible. That's why we know that Christ is coming back soon. It's accessible. Online, offline, it's accessible. Now, whether you accept it or not, that's your decision. Whether you choose it, that's all, that's your decision, all that's your business. Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And what does it do? It, it, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. If you ever wonder what, what God, you know, because that's how we got in trouble as humanity. We said yes to ungodly. We said yes to, oh, what? To ungodliness and to worldly passions. That's what Adam did in the garden. That's what the woman did. When the serpent, you know, you had three creatures in, in the garden. All of them had to get punished by God. All of them had to get punished because they didn't say no properly. The serpent who got basically approached by the devil. You know, the serpent was originally a good creature. Walking upright. Can you imagine that? I'm trying to imagine that, you know. Some things are just like, like Solomon said, a little too, too wonderful for me. The serpent was originally a good creature in the garden because everything God made was good and very, very good. Walked upright, you know, talking, you know. And the devil started working on his mind, and he didn't say no. So the devil started using him, and he started working on the woman's mind. Well, the woman didn't. She should have said no to what the serpent was talking about. Her response, when the serpent came up and said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Her answer should have been, no, God, no. Because God hadn't told her she couldn't eat from any tree in the garden. God hadn't told her nothing about eating from no tree. He told a man. Woman wasn't even created. Her answer should have been, no. Well, she didn't, she didn't use no properly because what we're talking about, every child of God must know. No, she didn't use no properly, so the adversary poisoned and got in her mind. Then she started working on Adam to get him to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, his answer should have been, when she come talking about, you know, here's some fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we're going to eat this, his answer should have been, no. Serpent didn't say no like he was supposed to. Woman didn't say no like she was supposed to. Adam didn't say no like he was supposed to. God come back in here and punish all of them. Serpent, you're going to be crawling around. You're going to be eating dust. Woman, you're going to have pain in childbirth. You know, your desire is going to be to your husband. Man, since you listen to your wife and ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the earth is going to do all kind of things. You're going to have to, uh, to mm-hmm, cause them to get everybody. 
God said, I'm going to get everybody that don't know how to use no, N-O, properly. Uh-oh. Just like he did then. He got everybody. You don't see God come back. I mean, you know, elephants and chickens and frogs, all this stuff had to be punished too because man had sinned. But it ain't like, you know, God had to say, all right, elephant, and you're going to crawl on the dust too. Elephant like, what did I do? Elephant wasn't the one that the devil used. It was a serpent. Serpent was usually upright. Might have been on all fours. We don't know how the serpent was moving, but we know that when after he didn't, he let the adversary use him for that. Right? God said, "What you gonna do? Is you gonna crawl? You gonna crawl? That's a that's a terrible punishment. Can you imagine somebody coming here get you? You used up walking around. Now all of a sudden you can't do nothing but crawl around. You know, when I hurt my back, that's how I was having to, to do. Kind of wiggle around and stuff. I was like, "What is this all about?" So the grace of God is appear and it teaches us. God's grace is meant to teach us. God's grace is meant to teach us. Ultimately, to say no. Nancy Reagan won't too far off. She won't too far off. Now the only difference was that, you know, she won't saying, you know, you need the Holy Ghost for your no to be uh, really effective. But her, her campaign, just say no. A lot of truth in that. As children of God, you know, trying to just say no to sin without the Holy Ghost, that ain't going to work. But when you have the Holy Ghost, God has equipped and empowered you and I to be able to just say no. We got the equipment. We got the empowerment. Grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Watch this. And to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Self-control. Upright, godly. Grace of God will teach us how to do that. Grace of God will teach you how to get yourself together. Grace of God teach you how to cut out all that foolishness, cut out all that, that nonsense. While we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, to buy us back. See, wickedness had us. Wickedness had come in and said, look, I'll, let me, you know, picture this right here. You know, what God is flashing in my spirit now as a, as a parable you know, sometimes people we have in, like, uh, priceless heirloom, maybe in their attic, in their basement, tucked away. Somebody messing around have a yard sale. Maybe, you, you know, your wife have a yard sale. You done gone sale, sold a priceless heir, heirloom. You'd be like, what? Yeah, I sold it. I got $3.50. You'd be like, man, that thing, hey, you know, it, it was worth, you know, millions. So you go to the person that bought it and this heirloom, you know, that was passed down from my grandpa. Let me buy it back. Let me buy it back. Well, that in essence is what, what Christ has done with us. Wickedness and sin had bought us, and now we was the property of sin and wickedness. Christ came through his shed blood to buy us. That's what redeem means, to buy us back. Wickedness had us. Sin had us. The adversary had us. 
We were children of the devil. We were enemies of God because of the attitude of my God. Christ came to let me have, let me have that one back. Let me, uh, I can hear Jesus right now. I'll take that uh, Robert Bryant right now. Devil like this, who? Robert Bryant. Yeah, yeah Jesus said, I'm gonna, uh, and I'm going to pay for him with my precious blood. Good God in here. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Mm. He gave himself for us, verse 14, to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. We should be eager to do what is good. See, but watch this. Now, God said, Robert, (laughs) they can't be eager to do what's good until they first eager to hear what's good. You will never be truly eager to do what's good until you are eager to hear what's good. That is what separated the Bereans from the Thessalonians. Now the Bereans, in Acts chapter 17, now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received... do hear the word. Some of you all like to understand my voice. You ain't eager to hear the word, so you really ain't eager to do good. Your, the first mark that you really eager to do what is good is that you are first eager to hear what is good. Because you can't do unless you hear. You ain't going to do God's will unless you hear God's will. Let us be eager. Let us be more eager to hear what is good, hear what is right, hear what is true, so that we can do what is good, do what is true, do what is right. All right, then these are the things you should teach. These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke. Say, Paul, see, this is, this, is, this, is, this is my primarily my job with you all. Encourage and rebuke. Encourage you when you're doing good and you're doing like you're supposed to, just like a coach. Basically, a good coach is a good encourager and a good rebuker. All right, y'all done ran, play one like you were supposed to run. Good job out there, man. That's big time, baby. That's big time. Now you didn't come right back down, and, and you didn't run the defense like you were supposed to do. Now I, I got to rebuke you. What kind of foolishness is this you running, son? This is a clown show. Y'all got a clown show. So what y'all saying to me is, Coach, we put on a clown show out here in front of 3,000 fans. I've said that kind of thing. Folks folk been in the crowd be hollering, Coach B, get them jokers out of there. Them jokers run the clown show. I mean, they run the clown show. They be like, B, they run the clown show. Ah, get them all out of there. Crowd be just fall out laughing. Boys, come to the bench. Heads all down. Why? Because you've been rebuked. Now you go back out there, you do something real good, you get encouraged. Encourage and rebuke. Same thing in Christianity, children of God. Our Christianity is a series of encouragements and rebukes. When God says you're doing like you're supposed to do, God be like, yes. Go, go, go. God says you're doing something crazy. God be like, what kind of foolishness is this now? What particular brand of foolishness? Because foolishness got different brands. What particular brand of foolishness is this? Come on, saints. Let's wrap this up. Encourage and rebuke. The word of God is going to encourage you and it's going to rebuke you. Every one of us, all of us, all the time is encouraging 
and rebuking. All day now, all day. Now look at this end. Do not let anyone despise you. Don't let anybody despise you. All right? So we got to learn, recognize who is offering, what the, the adversary is offering. In essence, that's what Jesus said to Satan in the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. All them times, the devil kept presenting stuff to Jesus. Basically, Jesus was like, nah. Satan like, well, look, now, I know you're hungry. Aren't you going to turn these, turn these stones into bread? Man, some of us have been turning stones into bread. like Some of us have had little pebbles, man, but they didn't be muffins like that. <laughs> <laughs> Them be muffins right there. That be French bread. Some of us we get man. Jesus was like, nah. Jesus takes the Satan take Jesus up on the temp on the pinnacle. <laughs> Satan take Jesus up on the pinnacle. Why don't you jump down from up here? You know the Lord gonna catch him. Jesus was like in essence, nah. Satan was like, come on now. Why don't you go on? I get take you up on the pinnacle. Show you all the kingdoms of the world, and all you, all this can be yours if you basically uh, bow down and worship me. Jesus in essence was like, nah. It's already mine. What are you talking about? <laughs> say the little stones, some of us be turning up say the them must be muffins right there. <laughs> Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you today, Father, for being so wonderful, being so kind. You are such a great and awesome God. Father, I pray for your people under the sound of my voice, which I am one of your people as well. Father, we pray that you just continue to be patient with us, Father, and, and thank you for not dealing with us. As our sins deserve, Father, you, you, you have healed us, you have provided for us, you have protected us, Father, you have done so, so many things, Father, and we, in comparison, have done so little for you. But Father, we pray that as we study more, learn more of what you desire us to do, uh, we want to be more pleasing in your sight, Father, I pray. Uh, Father, special prayer for those saints whose hearts you have touched to be a blessing to this 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 great work that you called me to do. Pray, Father, that you continue to strengthen their hands, continue to anoint them, continue to to lift them higher and higher, that they may be even greater blessings to your kingdom. Uh, that that this gospel, which you desire to be preached in all the earth, that it may go further, that it may go farther. We again thank you, Father, and we trust that as we are touching and agreeing in the spirit, that you are going to do these things for us, Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And, and children of God, the Lord continue to bless each of you out there at the sound of my voice, and may heaven uh, smile on you. We need three good questions, three solid questions. We got one right here. What do you got? What two? What? Look that question over again. Make it clear. Make it clearer for me. Oh, All right. What are the two types of will? Will of God. All right. And explain. What are the two types of wills? wills of God, and explain. Question two? Ah, explain. To children of God out there, explain the difference between teaching and preaching. You know, a lot of people be like, 
you know, especially after I start quoting, uh, what is it, First Timothy 2 and 12, and be like, you know, women ain't got no business teaching men and usurping authority. Oh, so, Apostle, you don't think a woman's supposed to preach? I'm like, see, either you didn't, you're not listening to me good or you, 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 don't, you, don't, know, you don't know that they're two different things. Teaching, preaching, two different things. Nowhere in Scripture is a, a woman restricted from preaching to anybody. But there is a restriction on women teaching men and having authority over them in public worship. Question number two. Explain it. Uh, question number three. What, explain what is an attractive nuisance. Explain. Now, don't just be giving me any kind of little, giving Lord a little short, sorry answers. Explain it well now. Let's see, one day this same word that you're hearing, you, many of you all, under the sound of my voice, you're going to be preaching and teaching. Lord done already told me, so let's uh let's let's do well. Let's do well. Um Amen. Well, that's the message, children of God. That is the message. Since you can reach us through email at the Church at gmail dot com, check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Streetcast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444, enter ID 17959. On Streetcast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Cern Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.